0: Be good. Ha
1: <laughs> <laughs> ha
2: Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning into the Monkey Tooth Podcast. I'm here with my goofball-ass <laughs> wife, Tiffany.
3: Hello. God.
2: We're in Costa Rica at the moment. Uh, Pele could just give a shit. He is completely asleep at the foot of this uh, bed, which is not ours. We are not in our van at the moment. The van is in a shop. Um, looks like we're going to need a new turbo. Uh, but the timing is okay because uh, the rest of the world has fallen apart. Um, there are much bigger problems than our turbo. Indeed, indeed. Uh, and as it happens, we are um, we're heading back to the states on Friday, like in two days. As we record this, we're leaving in two days. We'll give we'll give you the full update uh, in just a moment. But um, the reason we're recording today is to talk to you about our experience in the the country of Nicaragua, which is. Um, it's something else. It is an amazing. God, it seems so trite to call something amazing now, because it's. I don't mean sandwich amazing. I mean it's like we were genuinely amazed by many things in the in the country. And mm-hmm. we'll, we'll tell you about that. We'll tell you about our route, uh, some shit that we saw, maybe some insights. What you should look for if you're interested in going. Um, yeah, uh, but first, first I do kind of want to address this. Um, situation we're in with the global pandemic that is um it's so clearly bizarre um i I have no frame of reference for anything remotely like this other than i I felt kind of these same sort of sensations after 9-11 you know this weird nebulous anxiety around what could happen and it's a um, it's an object lesson in how to behave as a human about worrying about things you really can't do anything about
3: a lot of unknowns
2: yeah there are a lot of unknowns for sure and it's but there are in this case whereas there's something nebulous like terrorism there's you know (laughs) there's all that craziness like be vigilant if you see something say something all that sort of stuff like that wasn't really i don't think doing much here like, there are things you can actually do about this virus. And most of it is just fucking stay out of public, which is uh, great for me, selfishly. I'm I'm perfectly fine with isolating. Uh, however, it, there are real fears, real things that you could fuck up for someone else by showing up hot. You know, you show up to a scene and you're sick mm-hmm. and you infect uh, someone who el- is... You know had has some underlying illness or is old or infirm in some way. you could actually kill somebody with this stupid thing yeah. um, It's a bizarre bizarre it's a
3: reality thing.
2: yeah, and we were planning uh on going back to the states anyway tiffany's work um if if you don't know she's a nurse and uh needs to work kind of at least once a year to be to still be able to travel nurse right am I get married.
3: Yes, you have to work in your field within the last year to be able to do travel nursing. And my year is up in May. So we planned on already coming back um, April 13th. We had already booked our flight from Panama City, planned to leave the van there. And then um, this pandemic um, took over and the um, border closed between um, Costa Rica and Panama, so you cannot drive. And then our flight got canceled. So we're in Costa Rica and we changed all of our plans and are flying back in two days instead of in, I don't know, a week or so.
2: A couple weeks, yeah.
3: In hopes that we can get back into the, our country. Yeah. Things are changing so rapidly, but thankfully we're healthy and we're safe. Yeah. And that's. We're very fortunate.
2: We're very, very fortunate. I think about all uh, the people we know out there who can't work at the moment or are worried mm-hmm. about how they're going to pay bills and all that sort of thing. Um,
3: or all the nurses that are working. Oh, my
2: God, yeah, the nurses. You guys yeah. are, are uh, incredible. It's very incredible. My mom. My mom is working right now, mm-hmm. and she just sent us this crazy uh, text explaining what their, the scenario is with protective gear. And she's in hospice, so kind of everybody's sort of terminal anyhow. And her whole whole mission is just to provide safety and comfort and dignity and death to these people who are sort of, I mean, is it okay to say doomed? Is that like- They're dying. They're dying, okay. They're dying. Uh, I mean, we're all dying, but-
3: Actively dying. Actively
2: dying, that's a good way to put it. I I would say it in a much less delicate way, so I'm glad. You're here. Anyhow, The uh, it's so crazy. She has like a single mask that she has to reuse for four shifts or something crazy like mm-hmm. that. And they put it in a paper bag every night. It, it just sounds so bananas to me. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't feel like the people who listen to this show would be hoarding shit. But if you're hoarding stuff, know that like my 75-year-old mom is out there working and like exposing herself to God knows what and there's maybe somebody sitting on like 12 masks anyway whatever if you're hoarding you're fucking up that's the that's the bottom line if you're a hoarder of goods if you're doing it wrong you're just doing being a person wrong you're just fucking up that that's my soapbox for for this uh pandemic but yeah we are very very fortunate in in the fact that our our choices are what they are. I mean, our our other option was to stay in Costa Rica, which is not the worst option in the world. Mm-mm. We could have just stayed here on the beach. You know, we're, we're leaving a month early just to be able to get back. And, uh, you know, I want to be with um, my friend Eric and his wife Lala and be available to help them. We have to quarantine ourselves for a while. I don't know that Tiffany will ever get to see them while we're there. Oh, yeah. But we're planning on being in the States for like six or seven months. Um, and with all these weird changes, we'd we have to get... There's just all kinds of weird shit in the air. Things just sort of changed. We're going to have to go back. I'm going to go back early, uh, pick up the van, go to uh, fix all the problems that are on, going on with it, take it to Panama, put it on a ship, and Paley and I will fly to Colombia, and then Tiffany will come meet us in Colombia. So, unfortunately, Tiff's going to miss out on Panama. But um,
1: yeah.
2: you know, we we have much.
3: Things but, could be much worse. Yeah,
2: that that's our biggest problem. Yeah. Is the thing to be celebrating, not to be bemoaning. So yeah. Anyhow, that's that's our update for for now. Anything else? We're forgetting to tell people. Um, mm. Our pal Leah came out to see us, which is really nice. She. Uh, <laughs> flew from san francisco right before the whole just butthole dropped out of uh society and everybody got locked down yeah um but it was great having her with us she's like a real spark of just sunshine sunshine and she's an incredible photographer her Mm -hmm. photos if you want to see some of the photos that she took while she was with us i will put up a link to leah's instagram on our um on our whatever shit we have social medias okay (laughs) sorry uh yeah it's worth checking out her stuff is beautiful mm-hmm. um so yeah that's it that's all i think yeah bailey's doing fine
3: Pele's fantastic
2: he's all he's all uh vaccinated and ready to go back to the states all he needs is a bath mm-hmm. um he is now officially my emotional support animal and you know people will give you shit about that sort of thing which is understandable it's but You know, it's also understandable to tell those people to go fuck themselves. I think it's totally fair. If you want to give somebody a hard time about having an emotional support animal and they haven't been to, like, war, Mm -hmm. I get it. And that's probably what it's for. However, I do have tremendous (laughs) anxiety. Tiffany's witnessed Mm -hmm. that. Uh, And it is assuaged greatly by the presence of my little pal. I love having him with me. And having him on the airplane with me is going to be tremendous. I don't take drugs. I don't do a bunch of shit. I'm not going to like take Valium or something to calm down.
3: You're going to take Pele.
2: I'm going to take Pele. And he's going to be right there with me. Okay. uh, Let's talk about Nicaragua. See, We came into Nicaragua from, we basically, we skipped Honduras. We only spent like less than a full 24-hour period. We went across the southern border, stayed one night in a little town called Choloteca, Mm -hmm. um we swam in a swimming pool (laughs) we watched this like what what do you call it a thrumple it was like a gay i don't know it was like a like really really small super effeminate gay guy a um and look i don't mean to be offensive i don't know how to say it like a uh, lady or man Dressed like a lady, how, not, a tranny. Is that transvestite? Transvestite. Is that okay to say? I don't know what the I proper term is. I think that's the word. Just know that I don't mean any harm. If you're insulted, by the way, I've said this, please <clears throat> write me a nice email and tell me the right way to say it. Back in the 80s, people would have said chick with a dick or something. And that's clearly not okay to say. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm <laughs> whatever. There was a little, like very small, effeminate gay dude, uh, man with boobs, and like this really pretty young girl just like frolicking in a pool and eating hamburgers and dicking around. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know, we'd heard all this like terrible stuff, like dangerous things about Honduras, and then we just watched this like super open-minded, really liberal thrupple, uh hanging out hanging in a pool. Out, yeah, it was drinking
3: great. Drinking a bucket of beer. Drinking a
2: bucket of beer, eating hamburgers, <laughs> splashing each other, giggling. It was great. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I've been offensive. I mean no offense. I don't. I could care less what you do with your generals. It's great, um, and I guess feel free to do it all in Honduras now.
3: Mm-hmm. Woo! Well,
2: progress. Okay. From there, we went to Leon in mm-hmm. Nicaragua. Sí. what did you think about that border crossing?
3: Um, the, the border crossing from we went to through. um, Oh, goodness, I'm not going to remember the name now. Uh, I don't remember um, the name of the town.
2: It doesn't matter. We went through, I'll, I'll, I'll catch up on it. But we went through like... Um,
3: it, the border crossing into Nicaragua was under construction. And it was um, just dust and dirt.
2: And heat. It was like practically on fire.
3: Guasale. Guaswale,
2: Guasuale. Guasuale. It was bananas. I and mean, just like running around. We spent one of the longest, the things that took the longest was a guy just finding change. And they wouldn't take uh, El Salvadoran or Honduran currency. They wanted dollars.
3: dollars. American dollars. But
2: the change that they would give you for those American dollars was in Honduran Quir- currency. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was Goomba. Anyway, um, it, was, it was brief uh and then so yeah from lyon we we like hung out there we went to uh some museums mm-hmm. learned a little bit of the history of we their revolution
3: to, to the revolutionary museum and the museum of Leyendas e um
2: mythos yeah myths and legends which was yeah. really interesting
3: it was very cool to learn some of the the history of the country from the museums and um, it was very hot, hot. in Leon. Yes, it's like a hundred plus degrees. And this was we entered Nicaragua. Um, what was it, February eighth, I believe?
2: Yeah, it was not a month you would traditionally associate with hundred degree weather. No. But at night, we stayed like a little bit out of town on this beautiful ranch. It was super, super cool, and it was just like breezy and nice and it cooled down and you could actually sleep under a, a single sheet which is nice but yeah the uh the town of Lyon is interesting it's super political um they've got a lot of uh you know deep connection to the to their revolution um and there's there's still turmoil in the country uh, mm-hmm. uh due to recent events we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that but in in 2018 there was a huge huge problem Mm -hmm. uh riots in the streets and many people killed and disappeared and there are what a hundred thousand um nicaraguan refugees around the world i think eighty thousand of them live in costa rica now
3: yeah i'm not sure but
2: yeah it it was it was interesting to get a little slice of that in leon and we spent like what two three days there Mm -hmm. um and it was our first contact with ticks really on this journey and uh and pele got um, he got bit up a couple times and he ended up like having parasites like we had to take him to a vet get some shots for the poor little guy But anyway so we bailed on Leon and drove north and I think a little bit north and east really because of the curve in Central America mm-hmm. and went to a town that we'd heard about from our pal in, um, in El Salvador, Matagalpa um, we were planning on going to school there and we booked or we were trying to book um, classes at this really really cool looking school. Their their website was awesome. Everything was beautiful. Uh, we didn't hear back from anybody, but that's I don't know fairly typical traveling around in Central America. So we went up there um, uh, to Matagalpa, which is cooler. It's not nearly as hot, um, and it's a an kind of cool old city with like some of the colonial thing going on, but it's also got more of a just like a local sort of vibe it's mm-hmm. not like a huge tourist town <laughs> definitely a coffee growing region very agricultural lots of hills and we walked up to the school on the second day that we were there like getting ready to go you know sign up and it was cerrado closed nada nothing but um we, we ended up uh, finding one of the teachers who used to work at that school and she was doing private lessons and it worked out amazingly well uh, for us, we went with Hazel mm-hmm. for a week of Spanish classes. And um, I think we learned a lot. It was mm-hmm. just not just Espanol, but we learned about Nicaraguan culture. She mm-hmm. gave us a cooking class. It was delightful. And she was just, I mean, such a sweet and thoughtful and, and cool human being. We are very fortunate to to hang out with her. And we spent nine days there with
3: Bomberos de Nicaragua.
2: Los Bomberos. Tell everybody what a Bombero is.
3: It's a fireman, firefighter, excuse me. It's a firefighter. Mm -hmm. We parked in their parking lot um, thanks to this ever-present, always helpful app called iOverlander. This was put on there as a place where you could potentially park and, quote, camp. And so we stayed there for nine days, like you said. They were so incredibly kind. They knew exactly when we pulled up, what we were wanting, because quite a few people come through there, and told us where to park, and they showed us where the bathrooms are. They ended up opening up a shower for us, so we could use their kitchen, their weight room, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, And they just like welcomed us with open arms. They were so incredibly kind and um we spent you know the next nine days getting to know quite a few of them and we still could communicate with a couple of them
2: yeah we uh those guys <clears throat> they saw our van which is you know big and red it looks like a bombero mm. vehicle mm-hmm. they're like oh are you a firefighter in california <laughs> you got the big beard what are you doing it's like no i don't fight fires it's like well our street cred is you being a nurse they they only had a lot of respect for for you um and they loved pele Mm -hmm. oh my god they played with him and just laughed at his crazy character uh and um man they were just they were incredibly hospitable every morning i would get up and go buy um there was like a really cool little tienda just i mean right on the same block as us i would buy a bunch of like you know like morning bread type stuff kind of sweet stuff and empanadas and things and bring it in and They would, you know, give me cups of coffee and we'd just shoot the shit. And there was only one guy there that really spoke pretty good English, Mm -hmm. uh, very good English. There was another guy, Ronnie, yeah. Mm -hmm. There's another guy, uh, Anthony, who uh, is a fascinating dude. I really wanted to get him on the podcast, but he wasn't having it. His English is mas o menos okay, but uh, he is uh, a FIFA referee. He's refereed games in, in soccer or football and futsal, which is like this crazy miniature soccer thing all over central and South America um he's you know been in the military, He's traveled all over the world, very very interesting guy, and he took us to this festival like the festival de de Matagalpa, where they shut down the street that connects two parks in town parque a parque and uh there's like what four or five bands playing up and down the street mm-hmm. and he uh everyone that we talked to about it was like yeah yeah go check it out but just don't stay out too late you know be sure to come back after a little while like it's safe but you know like anything nothing good happens after so many drinks Mm -hmm. and uh we watched some pretty good bands and then we watched a really good band at like the far end of the street we hung out for a while like cumbia and i mean just super upbeat latin really sexy singer it was it was cool and then on the way back we stopped at a, a stage that there were no musicians on and they were just like playing 80s music mm-hmm. so tiffany stops and is like dancing and uh while she's doing that this uh really really drunk dude comes up to me and he's i don't know like a foot shorter than i was or i am whatever <laughs> i don't know what the tense is right there uh he was a foot shorter than me and he like it's like trying to shake my hand and hug me and talk all this shit. I was like, okay, okay. And um, he kept on coming in for a hug. I was like, man, I don't really want a hug. I was pushing him back a little bit and he just bit down on my left tit. Just bit, I mean, hard. He bit the shit out of me and I didn't even think. I just hit him in the throat with the, uh, I don't know, with my hand in between my thumb and my forefinger and hit not super hard but i hit him hard enough and he was just drunk enough where he like stumbled backwards and he fell on a lady like i don't know if he rolled her ankle but she was wearing high heels it was such a shitty scene and he jumped up and ran off all these people are kind of staring at me it's like this is what they meant but don't stay out too late
3: party's over
2: party is over so we we skedaddled back to our, our the safety of the bomberos parking lot. It was just a weird thing. Like the moment and I'm not a like some tough guy. I don't know how to fight. I'm not like but the moment my hand hit this guy's throat, I immediately felt super vulnerable. Like like just I've never really felt another man's throat in my hand, you know? And it's like, oh my god, that's what that feels like. If I were a violent dude, I could have really hurt that guy. And it just made me realize how like soft and vulnerable and, you know, <laughs> I don't know, exposed a thing I am. Just having a, a throat. It's a good thing I don't drink mm. too much. Anyhow, that's a dumb story. I'm glad it's over. Uh, so we hung out in uh, Matagalpa for nine days. It was incredible. We fell in love with the Bomberos. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, after school was over, we decided to go <laughs> take a break. And uh, go up to the mountains and... Uh,
3: it's like a big 20-minute drive. Yeah, this
2: is huge. But it was a crazy 20 minutes because you straight just go up. straight up and zigzagging around. And we hit this like really super coffee-growing area that was just, I mean, spectacularly beautiful and lush and green. It's called...
3: Aguas del Arena. Yes. It's owned by a Belgian and Nicaraguan couple. It's a, like a hotel, finca, they do um, like tours of their area, of their little finca as well. They do like, I have like, like hiking trips and stuff. And they have a little parking area, a grass parking area that they let overlanders um, use. So we were fortunate to pull up there and there's like a nice stream running through the area. So we park right next to the stream, it's quite nice. And they were very kind to open up a room for us as well where we could use the shower and the bathroom. It's very, very kind people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we stayed there, I think, two nights. Yeah, two I or think three it was nights. Two yeah. nights, just cooked, hung out, walked the trails. Um, yeah, the trails were really cool. a very, very beautiful place. Mm-hmm. Lots of big plants and fruit trees and coffee
2: super tropical like a tropical mountain coffee growing stream laden paradise the only real drawback were the little ants were the most violent aggressive little fuckers i've ever met and i'm this it drives me a little crazy i'm very kind to ants like i go out of my way to not step on them i'm always like oh watch out watch out making sure people don't step on them. I, when I'm when we were on our bicycle trip, I can't tell you how much of the time I spent looking down, trying not to run over ants. I'm fascinated by them. I think they're incredible. But those little fuckers love biting me for some reason. Attacking.
3: I get, I get bit by you.
2: ants all the time. <laughs> I don't know what it is, if I've got some sort of karmic debt to pay off and I'm making deposits via ant bite or what. But they, oh man, those little fuckers got me. Other than that, it was a great place. Mm-hmm. Okay, from there, we headed south. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was funny on the way, like we we had to pass back through Matagalpa and uh, to stop mm-hmm. for gas. And while we're there, like we were parked next to this really cool, like 1970s Toyota. Was it a Corolla or something a Celica? I don't know what it was, but it was this hilarious 1970s Toyota sports car looking thing. It was all decked out in Bombero um, logos. logos and you know graphics and stuff, and uh, but it wasn't working. They had, like the wheels were off, and but when we pulled up to get gas, that thing pulls up and it was this,
3: <laughs> oh
2: yeah, this one. Uh, I don't know if it was a captain or I forget his rank. He's a really really sweet guy. He actually took us on a hike up to this huge cross that sits on top of the city. Um, but, yeah, we saw him. We we're like, oh, man. So as he's pulling in to get fuel, we're both like, oh. That, that was his trademark thing. Every time you saw that guy, he would be, he would make that noise. And then, like, four or five other bomberos showed up, and it was just kind of this, we thought we would never see them again, you know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, here's a bunch of the guys. It was like a really good, sweet omen leaving this town. We we left in, in kind of high, high spirits after those guys. Um, but then we headed to this beautiful lake.
3: Laguna Apoyo. It's very close to Masaya in Granada. It was recommended by um, one of our friends on Instagram. And um, so we headed over there, found another Ioverlander spot, a parking lot of a hostel right on the water. It's a very, very nice place. And we pull in and run into... A German couple that we have randomly camped with uh, twice prior to that. <laughs> we first met them in San Miguel de Allende in Mexico, and then again in...
2: Twice in um, in Guatemala. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we saw them in Antigua and in Atitlan. Oh, that's right, so that's yeah, we've right. we've like three or four times. Yeah.
3: Camped with them in the same place in Antigua and in the same place in Atitlan, and then we randomly run into them in Nicaragua. And we don't communicate um, no. via telephone or social media, and we barely even talk to them because yep. they kind of keep to themselves. But here we are, yeah. run into them again. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was a very very nice hostel, and they again we paid for parking, but we could use everything that was available: the showers, the bathrooms, the common area, the Wi-Fi, the lakefront, kayaks.
2: And it was like super windy. It was like the choppiest, waviest mm. lake I've ever seen. Pele loved it. He was like swimming all over the place, mm-hmm. jumping in crazily. And there were all these other things we wanted to do. There was like this, um, there, there is this beautiful um, active volcano mm-hmm. that you can see from the lake. I mean, it was, we were perfectly situated to look at this thing. But it was closed. The entire thing was closed until like, I don't know, for like several A couple weeks.
3: messiah yeah
2: vulcan messiah vulcan messiah and it was closed because there was a a a daredevil aerialist guy what was his name nick uh walinda walked across the thing he stretched a rope across a friggin caldera or whatever an active volcano like a big crater and walked across it with like toxic fumes and crazy shit bubbling out of it so they uh yeah, we couldn't walk or go visit the whole park because mm-hmm. he was doing that. But that was a really cool place. And uh, while we were there, it was like the first that we were really starting to hear about the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. It was like, it was really like sort of
3: early February. Yeah,
2: flittering into our uh, consciousness, you know, like, hey, there's this thing coming. Was it early February or late February? Mid. Mid February. And, uh, you know, we were all just really starting to think about it. And then I got sick. I got, like, a sore throat. I couldn't smell. I was super achy. Just felt like dog shit for days. And I didn't want to do anything. Just sweating in the van and, like, drinking water and feeling miserable. No food tasted good, nothing. And, uh, you know, I was like, man, it's pretty unlikely that I got this virus. But we were in a European heavy european Mm -hmm. hostel there are people from all over the place there so i don't know i don't know that i I don't think that i got it but four days later tiffany got it Mm -hmm. and just in contrast like i did jack shit when i was sick i felt so bad i just wanted to lay around and like complain about how crappy i felt tiffany uh hiked more than three quarters of a volcano and we'll get to that but Mm -hmm. yeah just to just to show you what I'm working with here. Uh, yeah. Anyhow, I don't know if we've had the coronavirus or not. I, I would tend to think not, but yeah, it was we, a lot of similar symptoms just yeah. without the fever.
3: Yeah, we didn't have a temperature.
2: At least I don't think we did. Okay, so from our uh, the depths of our infection, we went to Managua, which is a word I can never... The capital... Remember. Mm-hmm. It is the capital. Mm-hmm. But Managua, 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 Man-water, they can't be what they mean.
3: No. <laughs> it's not what they mean. <laughs> it's not what they mean. Mm-mm. But
2: boy, it sounds gross when you break it apart like that. Man-water. Anyhow, we went to Managua um, and it was bizarre, mm-hmm. super bizarro town. Um, it, it was a strange time to be there. We mentioned that in 2018, there was a huge student uprising, um, massive protests around the country. I won't get into the whole thing because it's it's not for me to say exactly what it was, but it's worth looking into. Um, People have serious, serious gripes with Ortega, the Presidente, Mm -hmm. uh, and his wife, who is also the vice president.
3: I don't know the answer
2: to that. No, no, I said that with a question mark, but I meant it. she's the vice president, Yeah, which is... It's not to say what? that you shouldn't have your wife as the vice president, but it's kind of bizarre. Uh, and there you know the the complaint is that he's not leaving power and he's consolidated power and he's doing behaving in ways that are very similar to the dictatorship which they fought so hard to overthrow. and he was a hero of that revolution okay. and uh, you know it, honestly there's a lot of shit that we cannot say. About this, because we don't want to get anyone in any trouble. We don't want to cause any trouble. But
3: there's a serious restriction of freedom there. Yes, serious, and especially freedom of speech. Yes, very. You much have so. to be. We were told many times you have to be careful who you talk to and what you say, um, because there's informants everywhere mm-hmm. and people are listening everywhere. Yeah, which i did not come into nicaragua with that thought at all like i had no, no idea honestly really didn't know anything about 2018 um and definitely didn't know that the current government is a f- if if not already but a form of a dictatorship yeah so it was um it was eye-opening That's it fair. was eye opening for sure
2: very eye eye-opening and the we met a guy at that lake, uh, Lago Apoyo, uh, Laguna Apoyo, who was, um, oh, yeah. he'd been a journalist, uh, and he was doing something different. He was like, hey, look, I've got friends, because I, I expressed an interest in wanting to interview a journalist. So I'm, I'm fascinated. I mean, I like journalists anyway, but I was mm-hmm. fascinated with what they'd gone through. And let me tell you, it was substantially fucked up, the sort of things that journalists were going through uh, and are still dealing with. In 2018, I'd, I'd read about, uh, while we were there, La Presa, the, uh, the, the last remaining print newspaper in Nicaragua, uh, was about to go out of business. And then finally, the customs, uh, yeah, their, their national customs released reams of paper and ink so that they could continue to print. They'd been holding those things for 18 months if you can imagine a newspaper not allowed to pick up paper that they had purchased and ink that they had purchased and which had been shipped from a foreign country. They were not allowed to collect that for eighteen months. Coming near the brink of you know print death for their newspaper, which has been around for a hundred years or or more. It's totally crazy. So it was kind of like, oh man, I really want to talk to somebody. And then I met this guy. He's like, Yeah, you should go you should go to the office. And he gave me some contacts of some people to talk to, so we did. We drove to Managua, and I went. We went straight to the newspaper, and I walked in the front door with my big, tall, goofy ass, and was, uh, you know, asking questions. And it was, I was doing my best to be tactful and understanding, and like, hey, look, I know this is strange, but I've got this contact, and I was everything but told to leave. They they just wanted me out of the building. They were so suspicious of me and, and curious of what my possible motive for being in there and asking those kinds of questions, which were not heavy questions. I just told them I had a podcast. I showed them our sticker and you know, I was as goofy as you might expect me to be. I was just doing it in a different language, which I don't hold a very firm grasp of. And they were like, they did everything but told me to get the fuck out. Uh, and it was, it was very sad to me that it, and I can understand why they feel that way and the sort of things that have happened to those people um are are tragic and mm-hmm. dangerous and scary still
3: especially when on almost every corner coming into the city mm-hmm. there are groups of police in riot gear riot gear when we came into the city they were everywhere
2: hundreds it, ju- hundreds of police officers
3: standing there it was very intimidating um, they were apparently there because there was going to be a, <clears throat> a manifestation or a, a walk from a church to a park and so they were there I guess to show their force and presence but it was definitely um,
2: intimidating yeah, to say the least mm-hmm. Yeah. so I get it I get why they didn't want me around you know but uh it's a shame i didn't get to meet anyone um because i would really like more people to be aware of of the things that are going on in nicaragua and the, the straight up election violations mm-hmm. and the human rights violations and the things that i would like someone who's more informed about it to talk about than than just me and my casual reading of it um I couldn't find him. And uh, we were really hoping to meet someone in Costa Rica. There was another journalist and we couldn't get them to talk to us either. So we struck out entirely on on finding out any really useful information about this. So the most we can tell you is that you should um, read the intercept. Jeremy Scahill and his team at the intercept have done an amazing job of covering this with considering how very little information gets out of the country. Um, yeah, and and Lapresa is is doing their bit to tell what stories they can, but it's not it's not easy. But anyhow, we uh, we spent uh, a couple nights one one night in Managua, um, and my man, my uncle Gene died while I was there yeah. in Managua. Um, he was uh, he was an incredible guy, Uncle Shithead, <laughs> and he died while we were in Managua, and it gave me. Uh, lot of time to think about heavy shit um yeah i wrote a letter to my siblings which i now regret (laughs) but uh i don't know it's the sort of thing when you lose when you lose a family member particularly one that you're not like he was probably the the uncle i was the closest to and we were not close at all Mm -hmm. i hadn't seen him in years you know But I always loved him and and thought of him as this charming, funny guy, and he was. And then, you know, that person passes, and you think about, God. And it turns out he died, I think, within, so my dad died on uh, the 23rd. I think uh, my uncle died on the 24th of the same month, and his wife died on, like, maybe the 25th. So within three days, you know, there's these death anniversaries these you know, very important people in each other's lives. And made me think about my siblings and my family and all that sort of stuff. And uh, yeah, just because you're thinking about it and being thoughtful and trying to say honest things doesn't mean it's a good idea. Sometimes, uh, what's the phrase? Letter written, never sent. Yeah, mm. that would have been probably better. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Anyhow, that's not germane to what we're talking about. Uh, We're talking about Nicaragua, and -hmm. it's an incredible place. Uh, Not the least of which is the city of
3: Granada.
2: Granada. And what did (laughs) (laughs) we met this character on a ferry boat ride? Um, He's a Canadian guy who's lived in Nicaragua what like twenty years or something. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. He's in um, probably what seventy. I think he said he was in the the seventies. Yeah, Um, Canadian, and he's gay. Uh, like this very, uh, we I, I don't know, I don't know how you just describe him, kind of a rough guy. He had like four or five huge bottles of rum in his box of groceries. And he was like, oh, you went to Granada? That old tarted up whore of a city. It's like, he just kept on referring to the city as like an old whore wearing makeup. It was the funniest thing. Like, man, I just, I forget about the word whore. Like, golly, it's such a powerful funny strange word it's clearly not nice to call somebody a whore but i think it's actually perfectly okay if you are a whore i think the connotation of whore is stupid like if you just whatever but it is funny to like refer to a city as a whore (laughs) and especially an old hearted up whore and especially him because he was like telling us these crazy stories about uh I said, well, what's what's the experience like for you being gay here, because it's such a macho-ass country. He's like, oh, you wanna hear the most macho thing I've ever heard? He said, I'll meet guys who are like, hey, I wanna have sex with you. And he's like, oh, I didn't know you were gay. He's like, I'm not gay, you're gay. like, wait, wait, what? You wanna have sex with a gay man? Yeah, I wanna have sex with you, but I'm not gay. You're gay. It's like, whoa, that is some deep, weird, fucked up chess machismo that I've never heard. Anyway. That's not part of it. Uh,
3: but that's Granada. <laughs> that's Granada. The old
2: tarted up whore of Nicaragua. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it is actually really pretty. It's a
3: beautiful colonial town. Yeah. Very beautiful. They've
2: tarted that thing up all the way. Uh, we stayed there for
3: one night. One night. It was we were in and out.
2: Blazing hot. Like just brutal, Seat. brutal hot. Uh, we stayed near the water mm-hmm. and sweated through the night and decided to go to the island of... Ometepe. And it is a little island with two volcanoes on it in the middle of this huge lake. Uh, Lago Chi. Cochibola? Boca? Chi. Cochi. It's very hard for me to say. It's fun. It how do you say it? Cochibolca. Say it one more time.
3: Lago Cochibolca.
2: Perfect. She nails it every time. Uh, you have to take a ferry mm-hmm. from the town of San Jorge to get there. That's where we bent the hilarious... Uh, if you're taking a that vehicle.
3: That?
1: What's his name?
2: Michael?
3: David. Yeah. Something.
2: George, Jorge. We, uh, we took the ferry over, um, and I was starting to feel a little better, and you were starting to get sick. Mm-hmm. And uh, throughout all of it, Tiffany didn't miss anything. The only thing you missed were, like, seriously, the last less than a quarter of the hike up to the top of the volcano yeah, we
3: didn't get it to the top
2: but we did uh we drove all over this island um we hiked up this gorgeous waterfall played in the water
3: san ramon
2: san ramon oh, it was awesome uh it was very very hot there but it was like nice and windy you could kind of cool off in the night we ended up camping next to another family that we'd re- met randomly somewhere else just mm-hmm. happened to pull up right next to them
3: yeah, we camped with them at laguna Apoyo. yeah
2: they were awesome uh we just we played in the lake watched these gorgeous sunsets mm-hmm. um and and climbed a, a volcano and then we met this um these people that we had on the, our last podcast the circus people mm. uh Oren and flavi and sabine that was uh they were really really cool we didn't get to spend a whole lot of time with them but uh it was a nice little end of our stay on the island. Mm-hmm. If I go back to Nicaragua, I definitely want to go there. Mm-hmm. It is inexpensive. It is beautiful. And it is just it's a, a cool place.
3: There's a lot to do. There's plenty to a do. On a small island.
2: We barely scratched the surface because it was kind of towards the end of our, our visa was running out. And as a matter of fact, we left Nicaragua with zero time left. Yep. It was like time to go. The like, day. The day that our visa ran out. Uh, so yeah, we, we hopped on the ferry, went back to San Jorge, uh, and then stayed a night on the, really close to the Pinas, Pinas Blancas border of Costa Rica. And we were surrounded by monkeys, muchos monos,
3: three different types, Mm -hmm. the spider, the, um, they call them Cata Blanca or white faced cap. I don't know how you say it. Capuchin. And the howler monkeys. The howler monkeys, yeah, they're and everywhere.
2: We've seen Pele kind of interact with monkeys before, but we were surrounded by monkeys. I mean, they were they were two different types that were clowning around in the trees above us, uh, and they were they were just everywhere. You could just hear and see monkeys all over mm-hmm. the place. And uh, this one, I, don't, I can't remember was it a howler or a catablanca? I don't Who's know. Howling? We we filmed Pele. <laughs> And this monkey, like, just barking at each other. It was hilarious. Um, It's probably not something we should encourage because we'll see more monkeys. We really don't want Pele to fuck with monkeys, but it's kind of funny. Anyway, um, it was a really beautiful way to say goodbye to the country that we liked so much. Um, Just hanging out in this beautiful, windy, super, super windy Mm with monkeys everywhere and beautiful flowers and a really nice lady who ran this little, uh, it's a hotel that she let us park in her parking lot. There's not another soul around, just her and mm-hmm. us. Um, the Blue Morpho mm-hmm. Hotel and Restaurant. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was a really, really cool place. And uh, being serenaded by monkeys and mm-hmm. in the night, woken woke up in the morning by it's them. It's the best. It's the best. And then, yeah, we left, went to Costa Rica. Yep we'll we're, talk about that later.
3: I think we were in Nicaragua for a little less than a month. A little less than a month.
2: I would say it's definitely worth visiting Nicaragua. Mm-hmm. You know, you could we've met many people who are traveling like just in back, you know, backpacking through mm-hmm. Central America. Um, it would be well worth your time to just spend some some months going through Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua.
3: Yeah, Nicaragua is known for the volcanoes, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's history, it's revolutionary history, um, and it's coffee.
2: And it's coffee. Oh my God, the coffee is so um, good.
3: And it's fairly, for you know, Americans, it's fairly cheap.
2: It's very cheap. It's very Fair inexpensive. Cheap. And if you, you know, I think it's the people need you. Yeah. Unfortunately, I hate to even say that, but like they need tourist dollars to return. Yeah. Since 2018, so much shit has closed.
3: Yeah, a uh, lot of businesses are closed. Yeah, um, they need tourists bad.
2: It's not dangerous. It's not a dangerous place for tourists. No. They're not going to fuck with tourists. No,
3: definitely not mess with tourists.
2: But they want um, the reason. It's you have to be careful of what you ask or who you say anything to. It's not for your safety, it's the person that you're asking. It's like the coronavirus. You're not so much just worried about getting it yourself, you're worried about how it will inf- affect someone else. Going around asking questions in, in, uh, in Nicaragua about the political situation, the, as a tourist, they just want you to shut up and fuck off. But if the person you're asking is overheard answering mm-hmm. your question, they're in trouble. Yeah. So it's that sort of thing the the danger is no more or less than you're going to face in a lot of cities around the world with you know when there's people who are poor and hungry yeah they do desperate things and and there are just criminals that's just a real thing but we we loved it Mm -hmm. i really had a great time there
3: and we didn't get to see you know the corn islands which are quite famous Mm -hmm. um or spend as much time as we would have liked on ometepe right so there's there's a lot to see in the country
2: yeah I, I think I would definitely go back, yeah, I would love to go back to Guatemala, El Salvador, mm-hmm. Nicaragua, especially now that we're about to hop on a plane and go back to Marin county Um you know, has beautiful it's beautiful, it's a lovely place. We're very fortunate to go back there you know you Tiffany has been out of the states for almost a year. Mm-hmm. I went back for two weeks uh around was it like halloween Mm -hmm. and i gotta tell you those two weeks were really weird like super super weird to go back and be in um in that environment especially coming from mexico where like things are just a little bit more free (laughs) i know that sounds weird but uh these cultures and these people down here are so cool you know we're the Costa Rica is experiencing this thing right now. Like the, the coronavirus is here. There are people dying. There've already been people dying. There are lots of cases. It's, you know, it's ramping up. When you go in a grocery store, there's everything. Everything's still there. Mm-hmm. You can buy toilet paper. You can buy food. You can do whatever. You don't see hoarding. You don't see this panic. You don't see all this bullshit um, self-preservation. You see people behaving normally
3: carefully they're but careful normally. they're mm-hmm. very
2: careful they're very aware of it mm-hmm. but they're not like
3: they're doing the social distancing they're doing the limiting of people in areas Their people are wearing masks
2: closing off parks like you go to a yeah. park all the benches you can't sit down on a park mm-hmm. bench
3: nope can't sit in a plaza they yeah. don't
2: no i i do think that this the quarantine stay at home sort of thing is a good idea i'm i'm all for that they're not doing that here yet, which I'm not quite sure why. But um, are they not? Hmm. No, I mean, there's still all kinds of shit open. But it's not, it's not a mandatory sort of thing. Like, they haven't <laughs> shut all these businesses. <laughs> oh, People I are kind of percent. doing that on their own. But the thing that they are definitely not doing, which I really appreciate, is this panicking and this, like, sort of, uh, I don't know, man, like this squirreling away of shit, like buying 12 of a thing you would never need 12 of. Mm -hmm. you know expecting the the bottom to fall out of everything they're just not behaving like that it's egalitarian sort of but it's mostly just like yeah okay well there's a there's this thing we got to do this thing (laughs) we'll take care of each other and we'll, we'll be okay so take a lesson from the central americans and don't panic you know look after your people we'll be there soon (laughs) <laughs> we'll be looking after whoever we can, trying not to touch them. Um,
3: washing our hands.
2: Washing our fucking hands <laughs> and trying not to panic. Yeah. I'm not going to buy a whole bunch of things. Today I went to go find some masks. I wanted to be able to find, like, because my mom told me about this uh, scenario at her hospital. And we found some. We didn't find the masks we were looking for. But I knew if, I, if we found like a big stash of tons of masks, I wasn't going to buy them all. Mm-hmm. just just not in my nature to do that sort of shit, but I would have bought some and some to make sure I could just send my mom some, but you don't want to be like depleting a country that mm-hmm. could very easily get hit really hard. you know, so just just think before you buy shit. and if you know someone out there who's buying shit in a dumb way, feel free to shame them publicly <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> Anyhow, we are continually grateful. We love you. We love that we get to do this. We're going to keep on interviewing people. We're going to be in the Bay Area. There's lots of interesting people there.
3: You have any ideas or suggestions, please send them our way.
2: Yeah. Oh, and if you're going to be, uh, if you live in that area and you have a room (laughs) to rent, you know, Tiffany uh, is going to be working in Santa Rosa. We are going to be staying in Marin County. There's a good distance there. Three nights a week. She needs a place to stay. So, uh, in the Santa
3: Rosa area. In the
2: Santa Rosa area. Portful four. Yeah. If you're not a murderer or a um, like a, you know, super creep, mild creep, fine, whatever. But, you know, super creep, forget it. Uh, <laughs> drop us a line. Uh, and if you want to hang out, give us a call uh, mtp.dog forward slash contact <laughs> if you don't have our phone number.
1: <laughs> we
3: love you. Thanks for listening to our rambles. We hope you all stay safe and healthy. And um, can't wait till we can. Hug people and sit and have conversations face to face with people, hopefully sooner than later. Adios, amigos, abrazos y besos.
0: Oh no, there it goes, there goes my head, there goes my. Ja, in the sweat, ja